This week on A Lively Experiment, Gabe Amo wins the race for the first congressional district with a surprising margin of victory. And a new ad campaign by the Commerce Corporation is raising some eyebrows. A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by... Hi, I'm John Hazen White, Jr. For over 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of the political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm a proud supporter of this great program and Rhode Island PBS. Joining us with the analysis, attorney and former Cranston mayor, Alan Fung. Maureen Moakley, retired political science professor at the University of Rhode Island. And Bill Bartholomew, founder of the Bartholomew Town podcast. Welcome into this week's Lively. I'm Jim Hummel. Gabe Amo, a virtual unknown when he announced five months ago, scored a convincing victory in CD1 on Tuesday that surprised many political pundits. But not the candidate who ran a strong ground game coupled with a robust television presence over the past month, and he benefited from controversies that engulfed some of his opponents. Bill, let me start with you. You were there that night. What was the, uh, the vibe in the room? excitement and you know it was fun to see Gabe's parents there and his supporters and everybody was overjoyed and it was the complete opposite of the energy in the room at Aaron Regenberg's headquarters. And you started out at Regenberg's. Which, which is where I started yeah. and look the, they that that campaign at the end of the day was really well run. They found every nook and cranny of the district and they were able to extract votes from it and you could tell that there was an energy of not shocked but Aha, our strategy actually worked. It actually materialized into a victory and a commanding one at that. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I thought the results were great. When you talk about how he his campaign was, I mean he carried every municipality except for three. I mean, so it was broad based, which is really great. Mm -hmm. And I mean his message was right on in the sense that he he took like a, he took the like a Ramondo thing, very liber, very liberal on social issues, but respectful and mentioned how his, he wanted to support business, and I thought that was a nice middle of the road message that resonated obviously across the state. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, the progressives were somewhat split, but you know I thought you know for example I wasn't sure what a great idea it was for um, Bernie Sanders to come in. I thought maybe that. You know, I, I thought maybe he was pushing a little more to the left. Well, we I find out know. in retrospect that's the case. Yeah. yeah, and that was the case. And two things that kind of really jumped out at me from, you know, what uh, Maureen and Bill were talking about, that progressive network. I think what you're seeing is it's not as strong. You still have a healthy base of that centrist Democrats that are in Rhode Island that didn't want to see the AOC, Bernie Sanders type that are going to the extreme left that is really dominating a lot of the at least airwaves and sound bites that are going on nationally and even locally. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things that, you know, they predominantly, from a numbers perspective, they have influence at the state house because, you know, that numbers game, you have to play it on both sides. Mm -hmm. But from an electoral perspective, I think it really showed statewide. here statewide that they probably don't have as much influence as sometimes appears to be. And second of all, one of the things that, you know, going through it myself, being the front runner sometimes isn't always, you know, the best thing because right. you get the guns all trained on you. Yeah. We saw it with Sabina. She was the front runner. A lot of it was also self-inflicted wounds yeah, yeah. with how that was handled with the signature scandal. Mm -hmm. But with Aaron being the front runner, those last debates, 
everyone trained mm -hmm. on them. Well, that's you know, you that, know, so that's that natural. Happens, that's yeah. natural. Yeah, but right. what it also shows is negatives work when you're going after someone. Gabe played it right. Timing. Well, when you have that? somebody to go after, I think Correct. early on people yeah. were like, "Well, who you know who's really leading here?" The one thing, and, and Alan, you hit it on the head. I looked at the the numbers: Barrington fifty to twenty three, Little Compton, Tiverton, a lot of the outlying suburban areas that maybe thought. I agree with you, Maureen. Maybe bringing Bernie Sanders and the squad and all that in—you got middle of the road Democrats who were like, "I, I don't, I'm, I'm liberal, but I'm not that progressive." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, when if you want to go ahead and, and call Sandra Cano a progressive, and I'm not convinced that everybody who voted for Reaganberg is progressive. I'm not convinced that everybody who voted for Amo isn't somebody who would identify as progressive. But collectively, Cano and Reaganberg got more votes total. Mm -hmm. than Gabe Amo did. Mm -hmm. And the division in the quote-unquote progressive movement on the ground right now has manifested time and time again. Matt Brown, David Siegel, Aaron Regenberg, an inability to get somebody across the finish line. Now, one other thing is that we didn't have any public polling in this race. Academic polling, mm -hmm. media polling. So Internal again, polling. It, the, 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 well, there was. And, we, we, we relied on the internal polling, which, again, it doesn't ask about every, didn't ask about every candidate. There was... There's always some question marks there. So at the end of the day, Aaron Regenberg may not have actually been the front runner. He may have always been in this position that he ended up in. And we have allowed people on Twitter and in certain circles in the progressive movement who made it seem like he was, in fact, going to dominate this race, mm -hmm. where at the end of the day, if we could have had um, more robust polling, we may have seen that, in fact, mm -hmm. Mr. Regenberg's position in this state is far less than it was even in 2018 when he nearly beat Dan McKee in that lieutenant governor's right, race. Right. Well, the one That's thing good. I would kind of slightly disagree with you, because I think Gabe released that internal poll at the right time, right. and it probably showed exactly what the feel was on the ground. But the, the timing was the perfect. The timing yes. was perfect. Yeah, but, and the other thing mm -hmm. is that he released the whole poll. Sometimes you get a, an internal poll and they'll only tell you, you know, you don't yeah. know what the questions are before. And then they say, well, who do you want, you know, who do you want to elect? And so you don't get the context. They, but he gave out the whole poll. Right. So it was legit, you and know, it, in that sense. And from that perspective, I think that gave a lot of people who may have been undecided, you know, what? I'm going to listen more and maybe, you know what, he turns out to be mm -hmm. the guy. You know, he was right there within striking distance to everyone's perception, and people started listening probably more to him and say, that's my alternative. I like what he has to say. And he said, yes. he said, look, the poll shows that Aaron Regenberg's ahead, but head, we're right. within striking distance. Mm -hmm. So you get, mm -hmm. so Alan, let me ask you, you've had a great name recognition. He started with none, and a lot of people thought maybe he should have spent his money earlier. Obviously, it was a good move that he didn't, like Helena Folks did. Right. You know, and, and get out there. Well, he saved his money and back-ended, and I had to laugh at these commercials. They, You want to put your best foot forward, but it made, you know, the pictures of Obama, the pictures of Biden, it made him look like he had the nuclear code and like the keys to the yeah. beach house with beach, right? <laughs> right? But subliminally, it's like this guy's a player. Right. So what do you think about that strategy, um, waiting and kind of back-ending that for the last month? You know, it worked because quite honestly, you've got to always be in focus with where you spend, how you spend, mm -hmm. and the target message. I'm sure he saw in his polling and probably yeah, right. earlier polling that Obama as well as Biden played out well and probably, you know, bringing in a little bit of nostalgia with Kennedy. Yeah. You know, and the, and the other thing is that, um, you know, he's very well positioned. I mean, it's, he's touting these credentials, 
but they're meaningful. In other words, it's a big deal. I mean, to Rhode Islanders, how much Islander. did the Patrick Kennedy uh, add at the end in the endorsement make any, any difference? I, I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. What you know what was interesting about it? They had to explain the Kennedy connection in the right. first couple of seconds. Right. Right. My because uncle, been, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, right, too. Right. It has been a while. I, th I think there's a lot to be said for the network that, that Gabe Amel has, the alumni, the Raimundo alumni network and mm -hmm. some of the surrogates there. Also, people like Mayor Zai comes of Orvang in Newport and mm -hmm. the, the ground game there, the East Bay newspaper endorsements. It just worked well. And the, the, the I almost said Raimundo, the AMO network really came home to roost on, and on that night. Speaking of East Bay, as I was tracking the numbers during the day, yes, I am a lawyer, but I still, you know, can't get rid of the <laughs> You had the Board of Elections. Had the Board of Elections up. The East Bay surge early on showed, and for me, as I was thinking, it was either going to be uh, Gabe or Sandra, who had a network down there, too. So mm -hmm. that kind of right there sparked that surge. I'm like, oh, something's happening yeah. that's out of the traditional. And it's interesting, as far as Cano was concerned, I mean, she punched up. Yeah. I mean, she came from nowhere. She had very little money. She had a great ground game. She did. I, I will tell great. you what just blew me away was they interviewed Sabina Matos, and how many times have we talked about it? And I think that's probably what sunk her all of that six weeks of we're not talking about anything else except the signature yeah. scandal. Bill, that night she told a reporter, I was a victim of fraud. She mm. played the victim card to the, to the end. To the end, yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's un well, I think she wasn't the best candidate anyway. That's just in my opinion. But I do think that if she had gotten up and because she's sort of like an adjunct to McKee, if she had gotten on television early and said, "I want to take responsibility of this," you know, and really talked about it and say, "I had some bad lip, I had some bad advice, I wasn't careful enough to know who my campaign finance people were," but I have to take responsibility of this, and I do, and you know, and. Right early on. You know as a candidate, you're, you're representing a lot of people and you feel badly, I mean, when you, you feel like you've let them down. And, uh, but I would have come out and said, and not easy to do, easy to say from this desk, but to say, look, I made mistakes early on. We didn't vet the people. Ultimately, it's my campaign, and I'm sorry for the people who put their trust in me because I let you down. How tough would it have been to say yeah, that? that's another good That line. is what Rhode Island residents and everyone expects and wants from the candidate. That's leadership. Mm -hmm. No matter what, anytime you're doing this, people are like, oh, wait a minute, what's yeah. really going on within yeah, that ship? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not good. You're running for a major office, whether it was lieutenant governor, governor, there. They want to see someone who's going to be accepting responsibility, knows what's going on, or even if they don't know, like mm -hmm. Maureen's saying, will take the decisive action and be transparent about it. Mm -hmm. That's what voters I, I want. I think so. And I, I just want to say one other thing about sort of minority representation. Um, I really think this was a fortunate turn of events because I think it's been difficult for blacks to get into public office. We've had a huge influx of Latinos who are very positive contributors to these states, great citizens, and they also do very well electorally. But the numbers and the demographics kind of overwhelmed the ability for black can African American candidates to get elected. And so I think this is a nice corrective, and it's 
and it speaks well to the state, and uh, and I think, uh, and I think he's was the candidate. I wonder how much play it also into people who said, I really would love to vote for a minority candidate, but you know, Cano, Quezada, and Maddox, and to a lesser extent, Stephanie Beauty don't do it for me. Do we really need four white guys again in Washington? And that may have tipped the scales for some people. I what think, do you think? I think, I think there, so. there's some some folks who probably said that they said, you know what, we had the 2020. Uh, awakening, cultural awakening, so mm -hmm. to speak, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and conversations that took place. And everybody said, we need to have more representation on boards, more representation in elected offices. Well, then put your money where your mouth is. And that's something that I think some people probably said, yes, that, that's important to me. But I would say that no matter what color, no matter what background Gabe Amo uh, may present as, at the end of the day, people voted for him because they saw him as... Mm -hmm. A center-left figure who's well-networked, who can deliver as a congressperson and not somebody who is performative uh, or has a very specific agenda, be it mm -hmm. left, right, mm -hmm. center, or, or otherwise. Okay, right? before we move on on uh, CD1, now we uh, head to, we haven't talked to the, about the Republicans at all because we had, you know, 11 candidates. Now it's Gary Leonard who was the, um, who was the endorsed candidate against Terry Flynn. A as you know, uphill battle, particularly in CD1. What does he have to do over the next eight weeks? You know, first of all, similar to what Gabe did, get who he is out there to the voters. He's going to have to, you know, conserve the resources and use it judiciously to get and get his message about who he is, what he wants to do and what he wants to accomplish for Rhode Islanders because that's going to be an uphill battle in that district, but it's not one that's like you know, you can't overcome because stranger things have happened. Who would ever thought that Sabina would, you know, do what happened in her right, campaign? Right, so right. anything can happen. It's going to be a shorter sprint, but he's going to have to really define himself, define what he wants to do and why he's the better candidate than Gabe. Be strategic in his debates or do as many as he can to get out there? If I were him, do as many as he can because depending on it's all about dollars and cents and how mm -hmm. much he can raise to kind of get on mm -hmm. air or more digital. Yeah. Mm -hmm or earn media, and that's one yeah, of the ways yeah. you can get there. And I also think that, you know, the Republicans have been bogged down for a long time because of Donald Trump. I mean, he carried, he carried 11 districts in the last election, and uh, it, uh, the margins are tight, but it really matters. So it constrains legislators. It constrains people that are running for office because they have to walk this fine line between not saying anything, muted support for Trump, and not saying anything to offend his his voters, and they've been in a difficult position. My hope is he goes away, and the Republicans can be rebuild the party uh, as they always were. I mean, in other words, they were the social liberals, <laughs> they were the fiscal conservatives, so right. and if they move towards that, you know, uh, I think they really have to rebuild. But I think Donald Trump has done really damage to the Republican Party. Alan, you know this for sure. I mean, yeah. we came up when we did debates last year. How many times did someone run up to the microphone? Oh, do you love Donald Trump or hate him? You know, right. and you have, all of a sudden you're in this binary you to put situation. put a brick around your neck, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah. I saw Leonard uh, yesterday on, on Fox News, and, and he was talking about Bidenomics and things like this. And look, those are obviously national talking points that work well. I'm not a GOP strategist, but if it were me, I'd be focusing more on, given that Biden's pretty popular in Rhode Island, how, what's the differentiation between yourself and Gabe Amo on major issues, whether it's foreign policy, health care, whether it's taxation, uh, Supreme Court justices, the number of, of, of uh, justices on the Supreme Court, whatever. Focus on those types of issues instead of the big talking points on a national level 
and talk to Rhode Islanders. You right. know, he was on Fox News yesterday, but he, he wasn't on WPRO in the afternoon, whereas Gabe Amo was on WPRO in the afternoon. And I don't so, think, right. you know, I don't think that, I think he has more ability to, to, to speak less constrained. In other yeah. words, he doesn't have any background. If he loses, he loses. But at least he can be very straightforward with, with voters and not having the Trump, uh, you know, noose around his neck. And lean into who he is. They're exactly mm -hmm. what you're talking he's about. Got he's got a good story to tell, very too. Good he's got story an impressive background, very military, military guy. background, yep. family that's, you know, from Rhode Island for generations. Yeah, two good candidates. Really, you know, really impressive. And that's what he's got to lean into, tell that story. But, you know, the one thing he should focus on is what's on the minds of people now. Because, look, whether you call it Bidenomics or whatever, People realize that gas prices are spiking back up. Yeah. People are realizing that, you know, they cost a lot to cost the, at yeah, the grocery store. Those yep. type of issues are the ones that really resonate. And, you know, he's going to have to find the right, right messaging uh, in CD1 to make sure he gets it out there and let them know what he's about. All right. We talked a lot during the legislative session about the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights. We've been talking about a reform for years. Speaker Sakarchi said uh, he thought this was going to be the year we put it over the finish line. It was not. And why are we talking about it again? Because that Pawtucket officer, uh, Dan Dolan, who was uh, acquitted, actually, of um, an incident down uh, in West, War, uh, West Greenwich, right? Greenwich. West Greenwich. Um, he was pulled over for suspected DUI. There was a little interaction with um, some officers. That's the setup. And a lot of people have said, you know what? If the law enforcement officer's Bill of Rights wasn't there, I understand there's only, you know, sometimes it's just a bad apple or two. You were the mayor for many years having to deal with Leah Bohr. And so as you watch the Dolan situation, what goes through your mind? Uh, because he's still on administrative leave. He's still being paid. And that's the reason why, as mayors and as just the normal resident now, you want to have confidence in your police department and making sure because, look, there's a lot of power there. Wearing that badge, having, you know, the power that they have, you want your officers uh, you have to be trustworthy and doing the right thing. And when you hear stories, not once, but twice of what, you know, Officer Dolan did, it outrages many people. And this is why I think there's been a call, continued call, especially from many mayors, about needed changes, not throwing out the law enforcement officer's bill of rights because it's a unique profession that we're in, but making the right changes to hold people accountable and discipline officers, or in the case of Officer Dolan, getting rid of officers like that that give that 1%, because the 99% of officers are doing the right thing, that 1% and holding these individuals accountable. I wanted to ask you, when, when you think about this, I mean, they've moved along. No, not many people are talking about throwing the whole thing out. And I don't understand why the legislature or the police union or who, you know, that didn't opt and insist on changing this, because if this stuff continues, they may lose everything. Right. Yeah, but the police union, Marine. I mean, it, we saw the fire, the fire unions, oh, God. the the contributions. The, the, a lot of people get money from the police unions, and it was a line in the sand. It was almost we don't want to give up anything because we think then the whole ship is going to cave. And I, I don't, I don't agree with that. But yeah, there's actually a project that was done. I guess it was a couple of years ago now, where where some civilian went through every member of the General Assembly's contributions and contacted everyone who took money from the police union and said one. Why did you take this money? And two, do you support adjustments? And again, that's the key word, adjustments to Leobor. Right. And there's a lot of conflict of interest there. And it's natural at a certain level, but it's also part of the problem here. But 
like you said, I mean, you have this Dolan. I mean, people talk about violence and providence or whatever. I mean, if I'm out in West Greenwich, I'm going to look over my shoulder. What's this guy going to pull a gun on me or, or crash drunk into a vehicle? I mean, this guy is completely out of control, and it's outrageous that he stole a Pawtucket police officer. It's, uh, it's completely unbelievable. Well, what do the people say when you talk to them? Well, a lot of people gave money back. A lot of those, those legislators actually gave the money back and, or donated the money to uh, some kind of cause, but it's, it's just the nature of the beast. It's an influencing factor in the General Assembly. Is that the reason why Leobor didn't get ad addressed this year? No, it didn't make the agenda. Uh, there's probably something more deep. Or I think there was some internal, some people pulled their support and the yes. speaker didn't want to go forward. So the the, the major, and we don't have to get it all, into all of it, but you could only give a two-day suspension without having to go to it. So some people said 10 or 14 days, expand the panel because they think sometimes it's weighted a little bit more toward police and to be able to talk about it. How many? How frustrating is it now if for you on the civilian side, you see something, the chief's like, oh, I can't say anything, uh, uh, yeah, law enforcement officers, Bill of Rights. It's, it's got to be changed. I right. Mean, it, there's got to be some type of, you know, discussion about it, or at least letting people know that, look, whether in my role as mayor, I was also public safety commissioner, uh, working alongside with the chief, and holding people accountable, whether you're a police officer or any individual that is within the city or your, um, and its employee there, is a prime responsibility when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. And you've got to at least let people, for transparency purposes, talk to them. Talk to them. Yeah. At least give some type of information without the threat of, oh, you could just throw that case out if you don't say, you you could say the wrong thing. Yeah. All right, let's do this. We've got a couple other things to get to. Let's do um, outrageous and or kudos. Professor, let's begin with you. Uh, my um, kudos go to Mayor Smiley and the fact that he negotiated the deal that the, the colleges, the non, nonprofits, the colleges. Payment in lieu of taxes. Payments in lieu of taxes um, are going to have to pay up. And I think that's the right thing. I mean, I think um, these institutions have plenty of money. And uh, I like the idea also that he set up this thing where he's going to have uh, quarterly meetings between residents and so forth. Because, you know, Brown University is a fabulous contributor to this state. But there are problems that have to do with students and, uh, you know, uh, apartments and things like that. And um, I think they have to pay up. And I think that, you know, there's one interesting story where um, there was a bookstore. There were two bookstores on Thayer Street. I don't know if you remember. And one was the, um, there were two, but anyway, they were in competition. But Brown wasn't paying any taxes, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they were. So I think yeah. it's got to be changed, and I, I, to right step in the right direction. Yeah, to be continued. Bill, what do you have? Uh, two quick kudos, first of all, to everybody who ran in this election, this congressional election, and uh, their teams. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a courageous thing to run for office. I admire it greatly. Uh, secondly, another kudos, PVD Fest is this weekend. There's been a lot of people who have been complaining about the changes to the festival. Uh, some of it is with merit, and I think that the, some of the, the complaining is uh, something that should be heard by the administration. Some of the complaints were heard by the administration, and, they, and this being the Smiley administration, and they made changes to the event. It's a marquee event. You'll have thousands, 10,000 10, or more people uh, walking around downtown Providence. It's a great opportunity for businesses. It's a great opportunity for artists to um, be in the spotlight. And also the, ge the geography of downtown Providence is on full display there. Kudos for that festival existing. Mayor, kudo or outrage this week? Well, you took away my outrage. We discussed it. It <laughs> was going to yeah. be, uh, you know, the Officer Dolan situation. But I'll switch up to a kudo. And actually, non-Rhode Island type kudo, but 
an impact on we're coming into football season uh, tonight and into uh, Sunday this weekend. But Tom Brady, yeah. you know, him coming back and the Patriots recognizing his six Super Bowls, the accomplishments that he left, not only on the field, but off the field with the impact that he had uh, with the community. You know, that's something that's great to see, especially as a Patriots fan. And by the way, for anyone that didn't notice, I'm not one of these Fairweather guys. I had it when I was 10 years old, and you saw it on the campaign trail, me and that Dick Patriots uh, right? oh, jacket, you know, back years, in the day, right? those yeah. tough years, Steve Grogan and oh. all those years. When it, yeah. But, you know. The old Schaefer the, Stadium, right? Old Schaefer Stadium. And now, now, listen. I hear the kids are coming back. What are the over-under on Giselle? I don't think she's going to be back, right? No, I don't Probably think she's going to be back. back. Yeah, you know. yeah. All right, we have one last thing to talk about in the remaining minutes. The Rhode Island Commerce Corporation, as if they did not learn by cooler and warmer, um, is putting out, coming up, let's throw this up on the uh, screen. This is a stuffed quahog with a little bit of hot sauce, and this is going not necessarily in airports but in uh, air markets uh, in strategic places around the country. And uh, I don't know what else to say about this. I'm not sure that this is going to get people to come to Rhode Island. Bill, what do you think? Well, it offends me as a vegan, first of all. <laughs> well, that's a whole yeah. other issue. It offends me as a comedian as well. But it's, uh, what's going on here? I mean, what we have, Rhode Island School of Design. Yes. Literally the best design school, arguably, in the world here. And uh, these marketing campaigns continue to not only disappoint, but to be... Um, Disastrous. I mean, yeah, what is really, this? You don't. You can't identify what this it's is. Twice now, the commerce has come. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. awful. Well, yeah, it's awful. Marie. And the other thing is, you know, um, I was writing about this in another context, but Joe McNamara was on television, national television, presenting the electoral votes with a plate of calamari right? for the convention. Yeah. yeah, a plate of calamari on the beach where everybody else was talking about you know, justice and truth and so forth and so on. And it was, the Washington Post said, well, this is typical Rhode Island. This is, you know, it's, they're parochial and this is an example. So I don't know what they're going to say about this. With all the things that we have, and somebody wrote a, um, an op-ed piece for Rhode Island Current, the new online uh, news organization, and said coastline, history, uh, f food and you know beyond. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Had nibbles wood away that you could have <laughs> thrown. I don't know that we could do that. Come on. I don't know. That's what, the comedian aspect of me. So. <laughs> but what would I mean? You we all get this when we go to other parts of the country, right? They say, yeah. "Oh, you're from Rhode Island," and then what's the next line? Yeah, yeah, I know. Hokey, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Is that part of New York? Is the other one? I yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. go? Well, when I, when I was in school in North Carolina, they said, "Now you're on from Long Island," and they're like, right. "No, Rhode Island." Do you get out there by boat? So I don't know how much they're, they're uh, spending on this, but what would you, if you could do the ad campaign, what would you focus on? Look, bottom line is, you know, selling the ocean state, but I'm not sure this is the way that's oh, going to be awful. doing it. You know, it, I get it. You're trying to celebrate the food scene that we have, but it could have been a lot of, but you know. this isn't the food scene that we have. The right. food scene that we have is much, much better. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing, if you have to explain to somebody what a co well, quahog, 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 you got three ways to uh, pronounce mm -hmm. it. If you have to explain it, then you're in the hole to begin with. Just right? do something simple. I mean, I'm, this is off the top of my head, refreshing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and show pictures of the beach, the art. Well, like I thought downtown. the fun size. Do you remember the fun size? Fun size, yeah, had? I remember that. It was yep. literally 10 or 20 seconds, and it, was, right. it would zoom out. Yep. I, th I thought that was good. And, I, you know, it's unfortunate, too, because it's been kind of a hit or miss now twice with the Commerce Corporation. So In their defense, 
I'm at least glad they're trying. Yeah. Because, yeah. look. Yeah, but they we, have yeah. to do better. They have to do better. <laughs> right. That's the word. Hopefully they're watching this. Folks, that is all the time we have. It's a quick 30 minutes. Bill, good to see you. And Maureen and the prodigal panelist returns. Good to see you, Mr. Fung. It is good to have you all. Folks, if you don't catch Lively Friday at 7 or Sunday at noon, we archive all of our shows at ripbs.org slash lively, also our Facebook page and our favorite podcast. Wherever you go, take us along with you. Come back next week. We'll have all the latest political news and a full analysis as a Lively experiment continues. Have a great weekend. Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by... Hi, I'm John Hazen White, Jr. For over 30 years, a Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of the political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm a proud supporter of this great program and Rhode Island PBS.